Ho, ho. Welcome to this holiday episode of the Fed Men Podcast. I'm DJ Gove. <laughs> Chris Davis. Sean Hogarty. You sound like a stupid elf. Well, I am. Are you still drunk elf, from a couple <laughs> nights ago? I'm the elf that used to eat the wet paint chips off the ch- fire trucks. I have a little trouble understanding Chris. You had a little trouble understanding me? Yeah, you're like muddy. You know what? Just do it again. Just do the ho-ho-ho again, and then if it's cleaner now, just leave it going. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. Okay. Start it over. Ho, ho, ho! Welcome to this holiday episode of the Fan Men Podcast. I'm DJ Go. (laughs) Chris Davis. (laughs) Funnier the second time around. (laughs) That was awesome, DJ. <laughs> I no. am to impress. Uh, you suck. <laughs> uh, happy holidays, gentlemen. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry DJ. Christmas. Happy Boxing Day. I Shalom. love the fact that Christmas. I knew it was coming, and it delighted me even more the second time around. <laughs> it just, it just sounded so dead, which which is appropriate. It's been a uh, yeah. It's been uh, a a good holiday. Um, yeah. So we. Uh, just because of scheduling and you know, you know, excellent Mandalorian related items, we kind of pushed the Christmas episode back a little bit this year. Um, so t- the day we're recording it, I'm officially out of Hell Week for retail. Excellent. My second retail job, which my second job, which I did over 40 hours this week, on top of the 40 at my normal job. Yep. Somehow, um, I am just exhausted. Well, yesterday was a blast. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yesterday was. Yeah, you know, good. Return day was fun. How many yeah. times did you have to call the cops? Uh, yesterday, none. <laughs> so that's good. But I was just handing out, like I told you guys, I was just handing out Darwin Awards left and right. You know, like people bring up the big box, it says display only on it with a price tag and an out of stock sticker on it. How much is this? Can I get one? No. It's like, you got any PS5s? Day after Christmas. It's like, no. No. I don't have anything. It's the day after Christmas. <laughs> Uh, oh, the spirit was uh, was with me. Let me tell you. Well, I'm glad you survived it without killing anyone or ending yes. up in jail. Yeah, you no, didn't get arrested. The only thing that was my so. You know. No, 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 no. We had my odds back is wrecked. It was oh. it was even money. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we weren't sure whether you were making uh, Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, we had some uh, some flare up last week. Tensions got high because mm. people are stupid. Well, we uh, we survived yeah. uh, Christmas at. Uh, it was, it was pretty good and relaxing. Um, was a little. I ended up a little depressed in weird ways. That, uh, like, I sometimes just forget how much I hate technology, um, and mm. I always have these bright ideas of buying technological gifts and forgetting that they're just a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but, but I survived. I Eight actually, loads. for me, it was a little bit different. I actually kind of uh, embraced the, uh, basically the the hard pass on Christmas this year. It's like mm-hmm. no yeah. obligation, no travel, no. It's like hey, there it it's is. COVID, no Christmas. In a weird way, this was my ideal Christmas. There was no family drama because you couldn't see anybody. Yep. It's not who's going where and any timing or any of that bullshit. I didn't have to step foot in a store. Yep. I mean, it was perfectly acceptable to have every gift just shipped to you. Yes. I didn't have to deal with any of the mouth breathers that DJ was dealing with yes. or the yeah. whole hustle and bustle of like, we found that there's certain people, like the ones you were buying obligation gifts for, Yeah, the annoyance of the holiday where you're just going to buy some piece of chuffa. Think of your Hershey gift sets. 
yeah. yes. or things like that, that you're yeah. just going to buy stuff because you needed to check a box, all of that went away. Yeah. And God, please make it go away for the rest of Hopefully this is a new start. You don't have to do any of that shit going yeah. forward. Arbitrary yeah. gift-giving day drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And all like the the uh, obligatory work gifts went away because no one's been at work. and <laughs> Yeah. Mm. So I yeah. guess there are spins. I mean, for me, like, you know, as you guys like, even like last year, Christmas was kind of a, a big punt for me too because there's not a lot of yeah. people left on my side of the world. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the kid's older now too, so I don't have certain obligations on that end. And it's, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I, I don't like Christmas anyway. I'm not a big Christmas guy. <laughs> But the, I'm yeah, not. Great. I'm really not. But the it's wife a great is, way so. to start our Christmas episode, Joe. Well, no, I'm just by like, shitting I, on the entire. I don't. Well, no, it's just it's not it's not my thing. Like the uh, the stress and like I said, you know the just the bad dust that kicks up and stuff yeah. like that for me. It's just yeah. So it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to be able to go. Bye bye. Oh you wait, just wait, made a baseball swing gesture. Yeah. To be fair, you started with how depressed you were by stuff you. Oh, purposely bought. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. I wasn't calling you guys out. I was. I was observing okay. all three of us. <laughs> Just checking. So uh, no, I own it. <laughs> so for this year, like you know, we've done like you know Christmas gifts and all like that, you know, toy kind of stuff. But Chris actually was given a pretty cool idea for Christmas episode this year. Yeah, from my. Uh, shockingly enough, my wife has been going through our entire back catalog. Listening to all of these episodes, which God help her. Um, and she just likes to listen to me, Chris. I, it has to be. She likes the dulcet tones of Sean. Helps her go to sleep. It's soothing. <laughs> um, and she came up with an idea. I'm not sure where she saw this or if it just popped into her head on her own. But coming up with a list of six living celebrities that you would want to invite over for holiday dinner. And then as part B or a one be if you want um which person out of the six would you be sitting next to right okay so we i don't think she'd originally put the living on there that was kind of a little spin yeah as the three of us were talking amongst each other because you know we need content so we'll save the dead people for later um (laughs) but yeah it was an interesting little take interesting little brain exercise as to who the hell you would want to sit next to and why cool yeah i definitely it was interesting to think through it. Um, I definitely, I know, as usual, my memory lim- and and the amount of time I spent not prepping limits the range. Three minutes. <laughs> three minutes. Uh, limits the range of folks I would think of. Um, so I'm excited to hear, you know, inspiring things from you guys that didn't occur to me. I had trouble getting it to six. I yeah. had like three people I left off. That it was killing me to leave off. Yeah. yeah, I have a so. list of 10 in front of me that we're going to yeah, come down was, as we go yeah. here. And just because most of our the people who listen to us and most of our friends know who we all would have on there, we left Kevin Smith off. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, in, the, in the, uh, the, the spirit of variety, we'll say. I thought, it'd be, I thought it would be interesting uh, to, to do it in pairs. So treat it kind of like a top three, but, uh, you know, but kind of go in our traditional order, but throw them out in twos um no real honorable mentions i think we sh- unless you unless you guys want to talk about people you excluded um yeah. i just didn't think of more people but i'm sure i mean so i excluded everybody but six people yeah so, so the so one of them <laughs> one of one of my, my exclu- honorable mention is the globe uh, yeah. <laughs> all living people society yeah. 
I'm not going to lie. So one of my, because I kind of broke it in, in like category of celebrity. Yeah. So one of mine, I, I cheated and I Chris Davis did. But um, one person that I wanted, I initially had on the six that I ended up bumping down was um Anna Kendrick, the actress. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, just because she's so she'd funny. Be fun. Oh yeah. yeah, she'd be just good people at the table. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's she's one of my favorites. So it was it was tough leaving her off, but that's the one that I couldn't even find a way to like cheat and squeeze in somewhere. So be fun to try. <laughs> it was. I, I I gave it a thought. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only had one. Yeah, I threw the eye candy honorable mention in there, and just put Gal Gadot on the list. Nice. Mm. You know, I'd want her there just for viewing purposes. I'm not sure I'd have anything to talk to. Like, I'm not gaining anything from the conversation. But yeah, I bet there's plenty. When I'm struck, now the other people is targeted though. There's reasons why. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it would be her just. To stand there and look pretty. Just to stare so, at. So I think it's interesting, flawless. just in listening to you guys, um, I'm struck by the abject sausage party that my list is. Um, and I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know what that means about me. Ooh, ooh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I I feel a little bit strange about that. Um, but you know, well, I you know, I mean, feel free to dive into your paired sausages whenever you like. <laughs> paired sausages. All right, um, I will. Um, <laughs> so I I obviously didn't spend a lot of time exhaustively doing it, nor did I really go beyond. Once I had the six, I didn't try to challenge those to see if I could find anybody else that I want to include. So, you know, so apologies to the zillions of, of people that I didn't even consider. It's just cause I suck. Um, but, uh, but my first pair, um, were actually pretty quick thoughts <laughs> and, um, are somewhat in the Kevin Smith universe, but I defend them because I've been listening to them both um, and have been interested in them both for 10 plus years now and, and don't really think of them. Like when I think of them, they're individuals to me and I really, you know, I have talked to them a little bit, but, but having them at the table would be great. And that would be, uh, Scott Mosier and Brian Johnson. So mm-hmm. Scott Mosier, Kevin's producer for, for almost all of his, uh, you know, view askew, universe, uh, films. Um, and you know, for me, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to was Smodcast. Um, I think I technically started listening to podcasts with Ricky Gervais before. Um, but, but Scott of the two of them, he's intelligent, very well read, uh, philosophically interesting, like a very thoughtful dude, um, with a ton of experience. Um, different perspectives than my own plus just lots of inherently interesting stories from from the career he's had and then brian's somebody who i kind of view as the and maybe this is wrong but like one of the best versions of me in terms of the way his brain works his uh his dark sharp wit you know, he's, he's kind of the person I would want to be at the same time. He's, you know, he's a flawed human being like the rest of us. Um, but just 
very relatable to me and somebody that is the anchor for Tell Em Steve Dave for me for 10 plus years now and is is just somebody that I know I could sit next to in silence or conversation and get a lot out of it and enjoy the hell out of it. And having him and Scott at a table with me and anybody else really adds to a conversation I can sit back and watch. So they're my first two. Excellent. Excellent. Um, to break up the sausage party a little, I will go opposite gender for my first two. We'll, All right. We'll kind of uh, mix the order a little bit here. Um, and these two are for very different reasons mm-hmm. for each of them. Um, first one, Kate Beckinsale. Oh, interesting. She has been number one on the list since Serendipity. <laughs> fell in love with her there and it just kind of continued on Great there's something accent. about i yeah. it's the british accent it's i am definitely a brunette guy so the um vampire jumper yeah was, is she it. wearing the black leather? before we even got there it's i don't i want like you know a little new york apartment dweller kate beckinsale wandering around central park um, you yeah. know yeah. um uh, the little like, and, uh, the, the ice blue vampire context took it to another level too it's like she was hot and then her instagram game this year like her workout videos i'm pretty sure she's related to gumby i'm not sure how she bends <laughs> not, not the way familiar she bends. with these but uh interesting there goes the second recording for the day sean's going down a rabbit hole because once you start watching you're yeah. not going to be able to stop yeah. um and the second one, which may surprise you, is Taylor Swift. Oh, that does And this is more great... for a conversational piece where out of everybody in, other than maybe a Kardashian, hmm. I think she has the firmest grasp of both her audience and how to manipulate the public and how to position herself and reinvent herself yeah. continually. Yeah. Um, she is never not, and I'm just fascinated by, I'm not a huge fan of the music. Or anything like that. I'm more a fan of the business behind. So you, you want to do market Taylor research Swift. at Christmas dinner, basically. I'm curious yeah. as how I it Christmas is. dinner is. I mean, if I wanted to drink, it would be Momoa, and I mean, I could come up with a whole yeah, list yeah. of people <laughs> just to. But that's to go to the bar with. Yeah, but we this get that is yeah. If if I was going to have a conversation with, some, I'd be fascinated just to see how that works to go from age 14 and to miss all the child star trappings. Yeah, that come along with all of that to where she is now where she can announce an album at midnight saying, oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to drop another album tonight and immediately get a million sales. It's yeah. I, I think that's a fascinating choice also because, I mean, I'm definitely interested in everything you said there, but also she's she's gone through somewhat publicly a lot of business and personal struggles that um, she's kind of used as grist for her creative mill, but also... Like I'm interested, you know, the music business transitions that have been happening over the past 20 years, Mm -hmm. she's right in the middle of that. And like you said, is, is working her market and her audience to survive and benefit from that. But, uh, but yeah, she'd be interesting to talk. She's almost been immune to those changes because what she does is now what she does is remember, she still sells physical albums. Yeah. Because like One Direction, mm-hmm. they sign a deal with like Target or whatever. They're like, oh yeah, go to the CD and get it at Target because there's like two extra songs on it. And she'll sell, you know, yeah, two she, million hard copy albums like in a week. It's crazy. She still has like physical discs going platinum. It's yeah. not yeah. all streaming with her. Yeah. And it's it's kind of interesting in our current environment where you see followers online being weaponized one way or another. 
<laughs> there's certain people that can then they can just position the people that follow them in such a way as to drive the narrative. Yeah. She does it, but doesn't have the same negative connotations as others. And she's doing so it so far. So far. Because she is popular. Yeah. That kind but of if stuff you look scares at, me. If you look at the core facts, she's not exactly on the correct side of the law. No. Like the yeah. people she's the people she's taking time, which is very similar to other people that are doing yeah. it as well. Oh, yeah. But I mean, but she's able to spin it in such a way where, you know, she's the innocent friendly one and they're putting upon her and yeah. she just doesn't do it with a hammer bludgeoning you over the head with yeah. it. It's you know, she's she's hitting you with a pillow <laughs> instead of a bat. All right. Those are good choices. Super well, interesting. You. Super interesting. Okay, so my first two seats are reserved for pairs. <laughs> so I cheated. So number one is I had to have some kind of sports figure on there. And I don't want to go like your, you know, the easy one to pick would be like Brady or Gronk or Belichick or whatever, you know, like that. So I had mm-hmm. to pick someone from like this 20-year run of sports that we've had. Okay. Um, so my first pairing is actually, uh, and I had to have a wrestler. I had to. Okay. So I went uh, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just because, I mean, you want to talk about stories and like yeah. charisma and like good conversation. I mean, Jericho can talk all day about some of the most intri- you know, interesting stuff you've ever mm. heard of. Whether if he checks two boxes because he also has, you know, the music aspect. So he's a, you know, he's a touring musician and podcaster, uh, podcaster uh, actor, wrestler, been around, you know, since I was in high school and still just brings it every week. So then I had to pick, a, you know, like a like a sports sports guy. This one's kind of off the wall. I went with um Scott Thornton, who was a forward with the Bruins back when mm-hmm. they had their cup runs. Uh, he was, I mean, he's a super nice guy. He does a, he did a ton of charity stuff up here. He used to do um, a spot on the radio every week. You know, good guy to talk to. And he was your um your quintessential Bruin. He'll give you twelve minutes, and in that twelve minutes, he'll beat the shit out of two guys, and he might have an assist. <laughs> So he was a personal favorite. Just he played real hard and he would, he was the guy on the team that you didn't want to cross. Cause if you, you know, you took a run at Marshawn or something like that, or like Sagan, he'd come and beat the bag off you. And it was just, it was a glorious thing. A funny story. That is the last time I've been around. I met him at Foxwoods. Last time I can remember in my life actually being fearful for both my own and somebody else's well being. <laughs> They, I like Sean's face there. They do this little cocktail party thing before a golf tournament the night before. It's Hillman's thing. Oh, okay. That I went with like one of the vendors brought me down to play in the tournament and stuff like that. And they, the Veritex there and Gronk, all these people. So everybody's having cocktails and it's all corporate people, right? Yeah. It's people are buying into this thing. You're not dropping. It's a charity thing. Um, so lots of drunk salesperson type people and- Thornton's talking to a group of guys and he's there in his little scowy cap and he's yep. built like a short little brick shit house. Yeah. And chatting and everybody's just sitting there listening to tales. And this one drunk VP of sales, no, no, come on, you got to go meet him. <laughs> and as he's telling the story, just reaches and grabs Sean by the shoulder to turn him around. The look and sheer presence on his face, I, without thinking, took two steps back. <laughs> and I wasn't involved in it at all. Yeah. I'm on like the periphery of this group. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to kill this fucking just guy. Just dodge shrapnel because like, you know, his jaw might come I'll, apart. I just got the chills thinking of the, it just like ran through me. It, I've never been uh, yeah. physically afraid before. Yeah. And it was just a look. 
It's not like he, he's like Char. He's not like a seven foot monster, but man, he could just peek through. He bombs. looks like he came out of. He could have been in Whitey's crew, like yeah. out of the streets of Southie with the scallion yeah. scars on the face, and he's just gonna fuck you up. And Sean's chair dancing. He's throwing yeah. me. All uh, he's he's an all time like fan favorite Bruins, like oh, you know legend. That's an excellent pull. Okay, excellent so that's my pull. that's my first my first duo. My second duo at the other chair is um, I want to you know you, you have to have some 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 funny. Wait wait. wait. He's putting duos in chairs. I'm doing A's and B's for the first two. Okay. That gives you eight people in your- Yes. Yes. We don't follow rules. You fucking Davis did. Yes, I did. Oh, I fo- hey, don't don't critique because you only came up with six. <laughs> we can give you some names if you want. There's so a whole that lot followed of the rules. So that one was like a true cheat because it's two like totally separate guys. I just couldn't pick between the two. Because you this... can't do math. It's a true cheat. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'll this let one, him cheat this time. I won't. This one's not so much because these two, I don't think you split up. They come as a pair everywhere. And that's um, <laughs> uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park. Uh, okay. Nice. Okay. Uh, you know, I've listened to like all the documentary stuff they've done behind the scenes stuff and interviews. They're just super, super funny guys, super smart. And it just would be, you know, I love the show. I love the show since it started 20 years, 25 years, Jesus Christ, 26 years ago, something like that. It's been a long time. Um, And they just, you know, they, they have interesting perspectives on things. And I think they just be a good, good conversation at the table. Nice. Nice. Other than it being a cheat. I like it. Um, Bring out your next sausage. My next uh, pair of sausages. Lay them on the table, Sean. Dual dogs, if you will. Um, actually fit together kind of interestingly and capture um, two two huge areas of lifelong interest for me in, I think, a really good way. Um, and the pair is Steven Spielberg and James Cameron. Mm. So, obviously, I've been a lifelong movie and movie production, you know, geek, um, and, and kind of have one of the reasons I I've always been into that and media production in general is because it really is at the join of the, the favorite things about the way my brain and, and kind of soul work, which is creativity, you know, artistic expression, but also science and technology and wielding those kind of tools to do that. And so with Spielberg, you have, you know, an incredible technician, but of, of movement and framing and the arc of story, you know, and performance and, you know, so much of the language of modern cinema has his fingers in it or has been translated through his use of it, a reference to what came before. And there's something special about a Spielberg film, you know, whether it's a, you know, whether it's a Raiders of the Lost Ark or whether it's a, uh, uh, Schindler's List, you know, or, you know, anywhere across the cheese to drama spectrum. Um, but then James Cameron is much more of a cold, uh, calculated, you know, producer who very much is a, is an engineer at heart, right? His background in special effects, his background in the technical aspect of movie making and his success propelling him into ridiculous things like literally diving on the Titanic and shooting there. Or I think we've talked about in the past, my love of the movie, The Abyss, um, because he literally filmed it underwater and put his 
cast and crew through literal hell in so doing, but achieve something that has, has such truth to it in terms of what you see. You're not experiencing, you know, fake people CGIing through the ocean. You're literally seeing people under a whole lot of fricking water going through, you know, the struggles there. And so both of them together, their stories, their career, and their perspectives would be things I'd love to just sit in and soak in. Um, and you know, just would find that fascinating. And I think they're probably, I think Spielberg's probably a relatively nice guy. I think James Cameron is purported to be a dick, though I think some of that may come from strength of, you know, his approach and drive. Yeah. Like the control he needs over I, everything. Yeah. I think you hit it though. I think he's an engineer at heart. The, yes. My favorite, when you mentioned, he stepped on something I was going to say, the, my favorite Cameron movie is him doing the documentary about going, revisiting Titanic, going yes. back to Titanic. Yep. The movies themselves are great and they're spectacle and yeah. people can do that piece of it. Yeah. He was like a kid in a candy store. He was so excited to read, have the team go back down and dive to Titanic and see what they got wrong and yeah. to fix what he had done in the movie. And it's all the, I mean, we're talking just the pitch angle as the ship was breaking apart and, oh, oh I screwed this up. I screwed this up. This would have been like this, but he was giddy. Um, it's, and when you mentioned something like the abyss, he had to do that movie when he did. Yeah. Because in the world we live in now, they would Dude. never allow him for insurance purposes to put any of those people through. That would all be it'd be Aquaman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would all be CGI'd, and it wouldn't so. be the wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have the same feel. Certainly. So there's para filmmakers. Excellent. Nice polls. I like those. Um, so I also in my next pair have um, somebody that fits into the Kevin verse, mm -hmm. a a skew veteran. Um, Along with somebody, and it's probably a weird connection, but I'm going to kind of walk you through it. Um, my next pair is Jason Lee mm -hmm. and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> okay, okay, great. Okay, Chappelle for a couple different reasons. The reason I bundled these two together is you have two people that at essentially the height of their careers yeah, that walked away from yes. Hollywood yep. that said, well, I don't need... The money, the fame, the trappings of all of this. I mean, with Lee, there was family reasons. There was he just mm -hmm. was bored and he was sick yeah. of all the BS that came with it. Yep. And literally went to live in a ranch on Texas. Yeah. And does some of the most amazing photography I've seen. And he can step back into that world anytime and act wants. anytime he wants. Yep. He does it. He left it for all the reason. He didn't it didn't mean anything to him. Right. He had an interesting perspective as to what that career actually was, mm -hmm. what he needed for himself and for his family. And the same thing for Chappelle. Chappelle's probably a more, I mean, it's a more high profile yeah. example of that where you had somebody that walked away from $50 million. I'd like Without a that. discussion, he just said, no, it's being done for all the wrong reasons. It's being done for a paycheck as opposed to, I have anything to say. Right. Um, which, you know, if we could bring him to the conversation with your last two, mm -hmm. you could probably ask Steven about the crystal skull and see how much of that was, you know, money versus, um, yeah. it'd be so bad, but that's a, it's, and I'm fearful for the next one. <laughs> I'm not sure where that story is going to go. I haven't watched you know, crystal skull again. It's, I uh, never went back. I won't. 
it's Age of Ultron for me. It's <laughs> yeah. Saw it once, check the box, I'm done. Um, so no, I think both of them personality-wise, when you see Lee in interviews, we both very thoughtful. Yeah. People, oh yeah. Interesting social takes, especially Chappelle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He's kind of the latter-day Carlin. In well, mind. his 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 lack of he doesn't he's not restricted by anything in his in his no. desire to express his thoughts and i mm -hmm. i appreciate that yeah well there's nothing taboo with him mm -hmm. but he comes from a perspective where the things he speaks of there's only a handful of people that could make the statements he makes sure yeah and have any kind of credit about him maybe a yeah. chris rock yeah. prior back in the day sure um the carlin reference that's you needed to be an Irish Catholic oh, yeah. to take some of the stances that Carlin took against the church. And it's, mm -hmm. you needed to be one, yeah. you know, it's kind of like having a brother, <laughs> you know, I can pick on him. Fuck yeah. the rest of you. You can't, you can't <laughs> yeah. say a word here. I can say he's a fucking idiot. Um, same idea. So I think there'd be a really interesting take as to people that had everything mm -hmm. were at that pinnacle and shows that's doesn't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. It's, there was things that are more important to step away. And now they both have other careers and happy. They found happiness yeah. after the fact. Well, yeah. and, and I think, I mean, that the ability to step away for both of them while, while different was founded in a significant amount of success, right? It's easy. Mm -hmm. Well, no, it's not easy. It's possible to do it if you have had success and haven't blown it through stupidity, right? And Certainly. both of them had in different ways at different magnitudes provided yeah, themselves the ability that with the smarts to, to use that to do what they did, right? Mm -hmm. You, you know, I could step away from my life, but, <laughs> but it wouldn't well, be the same. <laughs> it's a, it's more of a self-awareness thing. Yeah. Where. In both now, both of them have come back to the careers they left, in varying degrees. Yeah, but they're doing it because they want to be there. Yeah, not because there's any need to or have to be there. Yeah, yeah. totally on you their know? own terms. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which I can't imagine how good that feels to have that kind of structure and like security life. Like, I don't. Oh, I, I can want imagine do it anymore. It. Well, it's. I can imagine it. It's. I think what keeps most of us trapped, and this is what I'd love to talk to them about, is. The things we feel are important that are really bullshit. Yeah. If you could cut it to the core of what actually you need, like look behind me, look behind you, you. Yeah. None of this shit is needed. Yeah. But for some reason, it's supremely important because it distracts us for another day. Yeah. That's, that's excellent. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's definitely a perspective I'd like to hear because it's one, like you said, that is increasingly important. I think to each of us in a different way, we're at different points in our path towards gray wisdom, but, but the, when you can buy anything and choose to do anything with your time, mm -hmm. the times I've had that kind of freedom. And I think I sort of have that now, I find it overwhelming and immobilizing, right? I spend more time sitting here in my chair doing nothing surrounded by things I could want to do or need to do that I'm not. And, and so, you know, the power to literally have that because you're breathing and making more money 
than anybody else is all year long is an interesting thought space for me. Yeah. Why do they choose what they choose and what have they learned that it gets them or their family? It's strange because I'll often say that the happiest I've ever been yeah. is the year I was out of work. <laughs> yeah. And it, it wasn't so much because it should have been more stressful. Yeah. You're wondering like there's a shot clock as to when you're not going to be able to pay these bills. And yet I was in a better headspace for that six months. And when I went back and chose to go back on my terms. Yeah. That's when I decided it was time. It was, I was fortunate enough to get the first interview, but I mm -hmm. couldn't have done it three months before because I wasn't there. Yeah. It's, it was that decompressed time. I didn't buy shit. I didn't, mm -hmm. I probably read more. I was running more. I was in better shape. <laughs> yeah. You know, little things. You were doing things for different reasons. I find the more I'm working, the more you're on that grind, the yeah. more you buy the crap as a way of yeah. distracting you. Yeah. Because for some reason, it's something else to hang on my wall or for DJ, another little guy to put on the shelf or something like that. That yeah. Or a random book, you know? Yeah. Yep. You're looking for the distraction. So I'm curious to how they found their happiness because neither one of them are, they've moved, they're living in places where it's not a hotbed of anything. I mean, Chappelle's yeah. in rural Ohio with exactly one other person that looks like him, probably. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, I definitely, um, I'm ready to move to someplace. Jason Weeson, you said Texas. Is, is, did he uh, live Lee in Oklahoma or something like that, too? Um, he's taken pictures in Oklahoma. He oh, okay. moved the family to a ranch like outside of Austin or something like that. Yeah. And then he spent like months just traveling the Southwest, taking pictures of random shit. That I would like to do. Yeah. Seriously. So, nice pair. Good one. Those are my nice. boys. Very nice. All right, DJ. Okay, my next pair is so I mean, we're doing a, a holiday dinner. You gotta get some food some foodies in there, right? <laughs> and you know, you wanna hope to God they bring something because whatever you made probably sucks to them. So uh first off, I'm uh one of my favorite people on the planet is Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> okay. Um mm. just uh I mean I've eaten at his restaurants, they're amazing. I've watched all his shows, not like the you know, ones on Fox, we screaming at people because their hotel is dirty. But like a lot of his like his stuff over in Britain, like the Britain Kitchen Nightmares and the the stuff he does. You know, when he's an actual person, not like the cartoon character, they make him be in right. the United States. Mm -hmm. um, he seems like one of the most genuine, nicest guys there are. And let's face, he's probably one of the top five preparers of food in the entire world. So um, that would be a cool one, just because I like food too. So I like to talk about food and stuff. And yeah, sure, you know. And then uh, my second food person, which is is kind of a cheap, uh, I'm going to go uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Uh, yeah, that's a twofer. Would, it's yeah. a twofer, exactly. Yeah. So um, AI break up the 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 sausage party, right? As Sean likes to say. Um, yeah. But you know, she's she's published a cookbook. She had a show on Food Network. She's got a new kind of like food type show coming out. But I mean, that's not fucking kid ourselves. It's Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell, mm -hmm. which is. <laughs> The main reason. That's why Anna Kendrick couldn't make it. She couldn't crack the list because I had Kelly Kapowski on there. So, <laughs> well, we don't and know that, if Anna can cook. That's true. So. I, I wouldn't even care. But no. But um, and this like this is also something where it's like this kind of checks a box for almost every decade of my life. Kind of having her yeah. there. So yeah, I can say yeah now no because she's got the cookbook and she can cook and she makes some good stuff and all that yada yada yada. But also now she's Kelly Kapowski again. And back, like, you know, 12-year-old me, she's Kelly Kapowski then, so it's just kind of... It's <laughs> Are you having her wear the suspenders? Sure. I, I don't I don't care. <laughs> so the circle of life, kind of. So oh, nice. that's my, my next two. 
I can see I like that it. being interesting. Um, for my for my final pairing, uh, it'll become apparent one of the reasons that I wanted to do it in pairs. Um, this this one kind of came out of the left side of my brain. You know, I wasn't. Yes, Burton Ernie isn't. It's Burton Ernie. It's not Burton Ernie though. That's a good. That's a good one. Um, no, oh, this. Come on. No. Give it to me. Give it. To me. <laughs> no. No. Hans and Franz. This was somewhat random, but as soon as it came into my head, it was obvious and true. It's possible that uh, the definition or requirement of them being celebrities might make this a bit of a cheat. Um, I didn't have celebrity. I was just thinking living people. Um, but I realized in terms of. You can't just go living people. No. <laughs> that's like when you do a top five with your wife. You can't say like Kelly from accounting because that's too close to reality. It just doesn't, you can't play well, those games. <laughs> yeah, there's some closeness to reality too, but I realize that this this pair of folks definitely belong at the table with a dinner where I care about the conversation. Oh, and Chris, it's us. Oh, it is. No, it's it not. is. Oh, it's you too. Yes. Really? <laughs> I was being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, it's 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 you too. Um for very different reasons. Um but but good ones. Um you know, Chris's perspective is one I've grown to respect and find a lot of interest in. Um because there's some nice overlap with mine, but a different experience and a different way of looking at things. Um, you know, and Definitely your asshole eye is, is, is one that's interesting to hear the perspective of. And then DJ, you're just a fucking moron that, you know, your, I think your position at the table for me is I love the enthusiasm that you bring to different conversations along with sometimes the stupidity or a naive view of things. Um, but the idea of of also letting everybody else at the table shit on you, it, it just kind of adds that extra oomph of joy for me in the concept. I'm there and, just to rile up James Cameron. That's my only point well, on the list. Yes, I'm there. honestly, the the idea With of you and James facts. Cameron and you and and Brian Johnson, both of yeah. those are are. Pretty much highlights. Hey, has Avatar <laughs> Five coming along? <laughs> the idea of Brian and DJ at a table together. Yes, I'm not sure Brian could sharpen the knives enough. <laughs> it's definitely, definitely one of this the... is going to be like a shot out of like Kill Bill, and then DJ is going to fall to seven pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so sort of a cheat, but at the same time, definitely, uh, definitely true. After a year of bullshit, it would also be nice to actually sit at the table with you guys again, we, you know, in the real we world. We did that like in February or something. Yeah, we've done it a couple times in the last nine yeah, or ten months. Five years. We were on the porch once. <laughs> we were on the backyard porch. once. You know? Yes. Uh, yeah. So, well, DJ and Chris. That could be the gesture to your Christmas party show. Hey, hey, it adds value, man. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I, I can understand the thought process. Yeah. It was. I mean, it's an epic cheat. It's, it's like not a he, cheat, though. It was honest. Three minutes ago, but you know, he he got to four on the list, and then we. No, started I thought recording. of that a long time ago. I just uh, <laughs> it wasn't possible unless there were six, right? If it was only three people, there's no way. You know, I have that Very dinner fair. all the time. Very fair. Well, 
That was incredibly sweet of you. And now in true asshole fashion, you didn't come close to making my list. Oh, I, I did not expect <laughs> to be on either of your lists. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of went round and round. There were other people that could have been on honorable mentions. And some of them you probably would have had on yours. Like I had authors, Sean. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, a Neil Gaiman and a Stephen King would have been. King. Oh, yeah. I, I thought for sure yeah. or if, get those two. I thought. Nah, or um, if we went the party route like we were talking before. I'd want like Momoa and The Rock yeah, or something oh, yeah. like that or Ryan Reynolds, those kind of, yeah. if yeah. it's just that kind of stuff. Um, but I tried to f- pick out like different, it's more intellectual curiosity mm-hmm. at this point. I just want to sit around and have cocktails and pick people's brains here. And what's strange is I'm going back through the list. Like I didn't really pick any business type people. Mm-hmm. Like I never went with a Buffett or a gate, like, cause like, kind of figure you can find that information out yourself yeah i'm more interested in people much like a kevin like that have kind of cracked the code like either overcome right. something or like a taylor swift that have cracked the code that i am just gonna print money because of my fucking name right. you know but these two definitely fall into the train wreck and phoenix rising <laughs> all right area um and they can one i think would be a lot of fun the other one's probably more reserved um First one is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I knew that. Yep. And Tiger Woods. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So nice. both child child celebrities yep. went through an a- the a- absolute pinnacle of their craft. Yep. We're talking Academy Award nominations. While still too. incredibly young. Yep. Still incredibly young. <laughs> way too much success at way too young of an age. Yeah. Um, what was his, his was it Chaplin was his Academy Chaplin. Award nomination? Okay. Yeah. He is mesmerizing in Chaplin. I've never seen To a spectacular public fall. It's the fall from grace on either of them. But in true American fashion, people love a comeback. The only thing they like better than beating on somebody until they can't breathe anymore is to see those people pick themselves back up. And Mm -hmm. stick it up their ass. Um, To now where they're at in, well, Tiger in his early 40s. RDJ's early 50s. I believe. Um, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think he's like settled family man. Like they become the elder statement statesman in their area. So much so that like, you know, they built an entire universe on yes. Downey Jr.'s back. Yeah. And that wasn't where they were picturing that going. Thank you, Favreau. But I'd love to just pick their brains as to that experience. And it kind of dovetails into the Taylor thing too. Yeah. As to what it's like to be that big that young i mean not many of them are on tv at two like tiger was yeah Yeah. but to have the light on you from that early in age and the expectations of the world um but you just kind of walk through that thought process and just how self-aware they are of how low they fell what it took to come back yeah and how they avoid those trappings the second time around where did that perspective set in well, I want to know where the, the gun shy, right. There has to be some scar tissue in both of them, right? You can't go through what they've gone through without having some touchy areas, even if they've worked on them and gotten yeah. past it. Like there just has to be some real and shit to deal with. For all of their success, they never seemed happy when they were successful early in their career. Right. Yeah. It's only after they got comfortable with themselves and how they got to that point to where the even greater success came later yep. on, you know? Yeah, yep. 
So I think it would just be a fascinating conversation to kind of pick those brands. Totally. Nice. So on the subject like picking brains, so uh, Chris actually brought him up. Uh, my last, the first part of my last pair is John Favreau. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I was expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and and not just so much for like you know, obviously the Mandalorian stuff's its own kind of thing, but um, you know, he's done a lot of my favorite stuff. I love yeah. that we're the replacements yeah. that he's in. I love it. I love chefs from my favorite movies. I love the chefs Jungle amazing. Book remake. Yeah. You know, Swingers, even like you know, something like the. I even like Zathura when he did Zathura back in the day, but yeah. also like yeah. his like you know mm-hmm. he's a good actor elf. too. He's Elf. He's been on The Sopranos. He was in Fre- so I mean he's he kind of like he covers a, a large span of things. But um, I mean the most of the bulk of the conversation would probably be like Chef Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but like this machine he's kind of created is fascinating to me. From both a, a like a fan of Star Wars, obviously, and a fan of movies and media and all that kind of stuff, yep. and just like the way that literally, like they almost can do no wrong now. It's insane. Whether it's him on the Marvel side or the Star Wars side, it's like it's such a uh, the you know the train is going on the tracks. So I mean, I don't think oh, you can yeah. stop it at this point in time. You know, and universally, you never hear a bad word said about him. Exactly. You never. Everybody no raves stories. about Everyone how nice says this he's guy. a great guy. So, mm-hmm. and he just seems like you know. And I've you know I've seen like interviews, and he just seems like once again, most of these everyone I pretty much picked is just like it's just to get the conversation at the table. You know. Oh yeah. Be fun to shoot yeah. the shit, kind of. Certainly. So he's up there, um, and then obviously I had to check a major Star Wars box in this whole thing. Um, and granted, my list is a little lean nowadays because yeah. you know there's yeah. but um, so. Conventional wisdom would be like, yeah, you know, pick Harrison Ford, get Han Solo, but he doesn't talk. <laughs> we know he's not a conversation. No, <laughs> so I would. I, <laughs> the plane crashed into the field. Um, <laughs> so I went Mark Hamill. Uh, yeah, the ability to sit down and you know, like, have a drink and like you know, a piece of garlic bread with Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. or the Joker for that matter, yep. or Bonkers, or any of these other characters um, he's done. To be fair, he does a better Harrison Ford than Harrison Ford does. He does now. He does now. It's great. Oh, my God. His impersonation is spot on. But on top of just um, same thing, kind of like Favreau, you never hear have heard a bad word about him. Um, He kind of more than I think any of the mainstays from the Star Wars movies. Obviously, like, you know, Peter Mayhew was all about being Chewbacca and all that stuff. But he kind of has, you know, he's. He's leaned into the, he knows what it, he knows he's uh, such a big part of people's lives. He's okay with it, you know? He embraced it later, too. Yes. That's another one where yeah, kind of like Chattanooga massive later. success younger. Exactly. Massive, massive success younger. I mean, they can't all be dual, you know? He loved being Star Trek. But <laughs> it wasn't until he stepped, he had a little distance from the role that he understood exactly how big that fandom was, his place in it, and yeah. appreciated what he had. Yeah, and, and now, he, yeah, now he's all in. But like, just I mean, the stories of like the Star Wars stuff and the voice acting stuff. I I I'm a massive cartoon person, mm. and I'm fascinated he's, with that world of voice acting. And he's one of the best all time. I, he's up there 17. like on the Mount Rushmore voice actors. Yeah, he's top one or two, and the nicest people we've ever met at any of those cons. I, and there's a lot of nice people. There's there's very few assholes. Yeah, in any of that, he was just unbelievable. I have to, uh, really hopefully was. one day the world opens back up and things go back to seminal. I have to check that box because I missed, I missed so many of the other ones. Um, he's the only one that brought us back to New York that year. Yeah. He was I saying, can yeah. tell you, it was before we started doing this stuff. I'm like, I'm yeah. done. I'm not doing any more cons. I'm sick of it. Yeah. And then Heather's sitting there looking at me when I'm like, fuck, 
It's like, what? I'm like, they just announced Hamill for New York. Yep. Like, he was the one they could drag. It was Carrie the year before, and then Mark dragged me down. Yeah. I had it's, Carrie all bought and paid for, and she got sick, and she bailed. Oh. And then next year, she passed away. So yeah. that one still hurts. So I- She was- but, but yes, I mean, nope. if I could, if I could eat dinner with Luke Skywalker, obviously that's that's a massive, massive thing. I'm sure he's yep. got, I mean, yeah. amazing stories all over the place. So, oh, of course. Plus, uh, I mean, we could tie it back in. He's also a view askew alum. So, <laughs> <laughs> technically true. So, awesome. So yeah. Those are good. Okay, so um, who are we sitting in between, Sean? Oh, um, so, so for me, I definitely want to be sitting next to Brian Johnson. He's He's the one that I'm whispering back and forth, you know, in amazement, in his amazement at you before he shoots at you. Um, so definitely Johnson. And then probably Cameron, James Cameron, mm. um, because the, you know, I, I tend to react to or think of things in terms of, you know, in technical and engineering terms. And would want to be able to kind of bounce that stuff off of them. Whereas I definitely want to be able to see you guys, right? So I want you across the table from me, not necessarily next to each other, but so, yeah. you know, periodically I can see your reactions to, oh, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Excellent. Um, that's a good call. I think I would have to put myself in between Kate Beck and Sal, because that's, <laughs> the only time I would ever get that close to yeah. right something that godlike, um, and honestly, I think it would be Chappelle on the other side. Yeah, good call. I think that's it was between him and Lee. Yeah, and I think I think RDJ can he can flip that switch. Yeah, and be Tony Stark whenever he wants to. Yeah, yeah, kind of a thing. But I think he'd be more reserved. Tiger, I think. Tiger and Taylor, I think, would be reserved there. Mm -hmm. um, it would be Chappelle or Lee that would be those little side conversations yeah. or the little smart-ass comments or things like that. Or then It would be one of those. But yeah, I'll go Chappelle on the other side. Nice. Nice. So I, I let 12-year-old you know, DJ make this call. It's Luke Skywalker and Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah. That's between. <laughs> There's no... And the best part is he would jerk off to either one of them. Oh, yes, either basically, one basically, of them? Basically, either way. No so. question. Uh, twelve year old me or thirty eight year old me. That's right. Oh, <laughs> six foot erection the entire time. Did yep. not need to uh, wrap up the Christmas content <laughs> with uh, with that. Well, we could put a bow on the erection if you wanted. No, be fine. No. A little tag. <laughs> Two Sean sausage. Stop. Party stop. DJ. <laughs> no more. <laughs> uh, I'm begging you. He only uh, comes with one sausage though. They're not pears. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Let's actually uh, get a little Christmassy, please, okay. with our top three, DJ. <laughs> okay. This one should be pretty straightforward. So let's just go, you know, we had like some in-depth conversation on the on the holiday table. So let's just go nice and easy layups. Top three Christmas songs, gentlemen. Awesome. I do cool. I do have an honorable mention. Uh, apologies if it's on one of your lists. Honestly, it probably should be on my top three uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer. Excellent. Um, I was just the right age when it came out, and I can't, I can't hear it without, you know, having some fundamental Christmas goodness hit me. Like the, it's just the, it's the mood and the, and all the good memories and things about Christmas. Uh, strangely enough. Okay. God, that has to be the asshole in me because as soon as you said it, it cringed. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I, that fucking song. No. Again, I think so much of it's it about is. how it's, old I was when it oh, came out. Oh, certainly. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through my honorable mentions and the stuff that, there's things on there that don't really make sense. I mean, they're good, but the place they have in my heart are entirely different because of other memories that I have. Right. So I actually had a few honorable mentions. Um, first one being Happy Christmas, War is Over by John Lennon and Yoko oh, Ono. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, one, it always kind of bugged me that Yoko gets any billing on it because all she says is, like, fucking Happy Christmas, John, or whatever. But whatever. Yeah. She can never name list it. Um, all I Want for Christmas is You. Annoying song is all hell mm-hmm. until I realized that that woman does not need, she wrote the song in 15 minutes yeah, and does not need the rest of her career because of that to be one of the biggest recording stars of all time. Yeah. She pulls in millions every year just in royalties off that song. It just, you, you, I went down that rabbit Christmas hole hit and, yeah. and I was, yep. For what was literally a 15 minute throwaway mm-hmm. to stick on the album, and it set her for life, which mm-hmm. way my brain works. But, um, <laughs> my sentimental one is the entire Elvis Christmas album. <laughs> it, I couldn't pick Blue Christmas or anything, yeah. The Elvis Christmas album was always my father's not a huge Christmas person, he's very much like me. That's yeah. where I get it from, no question. Hates all the bullshit that comes along with it. But he adored that Christmas album growing up. So I heard that a ton. I mean, you Elvis was on constant rotation and it kind of just stuck. That's when I think of Christmas music, that's the first go-to when it's time to play your traditional stuff. So nice. those are the honorable nice. mentions. Nice. You, I, was, I also had a quick three-pack. Uh, so I had a John Lennon song on my honorable mentions also. So I had So This Is Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great song. And that was kind of like the more like classic ones when I was a kid. Um so All Holy Night, just because that's the like, same song. Yeah, it's the same song. It's the same song. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. What else? what else? I like it. And then um uh Rock Around the Christmas Tree. Just because that nice. was like back when I was a kid, uh, that was like the, that was like the cool Christmas song, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Before all this other stuff Good. started up. So Hell yeah. I like it. What was the third one? I had the John Wennon song. I had uh Rock Around the Christmas Tree and Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night. Yeah. Awesome. Cartman Any particular version or just in general? Uh, we, Cartman. Although the spin when Cartman does a holy nice, a holy night is is hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's all about just him getting presents again. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually don't need him to sing that song for some reason. I don't know why. But anyway, oh, so. Love the Cartman version. All right, so top three Christmas songs. Um, didn't spend a lot of time like these. These are straight ahead, non-ironic. They're the the mm. things that that yep. kind of make me happy. Uh, number three is "Let It Snow." Any particular version? There's something about like when I start singing Christmas songs. You know, uh, as as we tail towards the end of the fall, this is universally one of them. Just the 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 picture it paints of not just snowy holidays and Christmas time, but, you know, uh, uh, we'll get married. You know, I mean, it's, it's just kind of this romantic framing of Christmas that goes back to my, my childhood 
and uh, it's just one, you know, it's it's right up there for me. Let it snow. You did pronounce the song wrong. It's pronounced yeah, the tits now. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that, but uh, <laughs> I put it on my list even so. <laughs> That's how much I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Um, my number three is probably the most traditional of the songs that I have on here, mm-hmm. um, but I just love this rendition of it. Not a huge fan of the song itself, but I love these two people singing it together. Uh, it's the Little Drummer Boy, the Bing Crosby, <laughs> David Bowie version. David Bowie, nice. Yeah, anything with Bowie, yeah. and it's. I was always kind of enthralled by it as a kid. This strange mashup. Yes, it's like old guard, new guard, and their voices just worked perfectly together. Yeah, and it's I'm such not, a it's a pop culture anchor as well. It's like a time and place, and mm-hmm. it is. It's heartfelt. You can picture Christmas the video. Spirit. Yeah, I'm standing yeah, next absolutely. to the whole thing. Yep. Did they do yeah. that like live and in person, or was it like a mix kind of thing? No, they this video of them singing it. Together, oh, they actually did. I okay, I never knew, so I didn't know when Bing Crosby kind of. I think it came from a TV special originally, yeah. and then was released oh, okay. after. Yeah, that's it was probably great. Bing doing the Christmas special or something. Yep. But cool, yep. awesome. Okay, so my number three is Mariah Carey, "All Off Christmas Is You." <laughs> Even though it's like it's so like it's like the Christmas song now, but like. That whole like mid to late nineties Mariah Carey yeah. is like, you know, Hall of Fame level, like both music and how you know, everything else for my age range. So Which kind of amazes me. Do you guys play Christmas music in the store? Uh no. Not not okay. kind of game. No. I was gonna say somebody in retail picking that as a favorite. Yeah, nope. No, I would be music. picturing pencil in the ear kind of a thing. <laughs> oh yeah, if you were uh, that like a like, like a if you're at a mall or a target or yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Exactly I was thinking. No, nope. please make it stop. I uh, from the beginning probably, of November through January, like yeah, what the no. fuck? I probably hear that song twice a year, so it does. It hasn't like you know eaten its way through my brain yeah. yet, so I can kind of look at at it objectively. But I mean, it's super catchy. Yeah. And did I, you watch the special? She did. I the heard. Apple I heard about. Plus? It, I didn't watch it. It sent me down this weird rabbit hole of Mariah Carey facts. Yeah. Because it's strange. We went into odd places, and somehow I found out that it's a whole thing comparing Mariah Carey to Axl Rose. There's like sing-off videos. What? If you go on YouTube, because Axl actually has a larger range than Mariah. Mm. She has a six octave, and he's a recorded seven. I Little things have popped up. It showed up on the Wikipedia what? That's like weird. second greatest range. I'm like, bullshit. <clears throat> Did the search? YouTube Holy exploded. I'm like, shit. what the fuck? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's so interesting. Take that. Because I mean, you don't I have always, a game to watch today. Go enjoy. Yeah. So I always kind of thought like, as far as like my, you know, the time I've been alive on this planet, the the only person that's even close to close together is Mariah and Whitney. Probably, I would think that would be my initial yeah. thought. It, um, we had no idea. I thought insanity. he was more screechy. But wow. I wow. guess that's, yeah. Interesting. There's right. my tidbit for the day. There we go. Tidbit. The more you know. All right. Mm-hmm. Moving on to number two. Um, again, straight ahead traditional, but in this case, it's a specific performance. Uh, it's Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Um, okay. So there's an opening little instrumental flourish, mm-hmm. like uh, some bells and I think it's strings. But just from the opening notes of that particular recording, yeah. again, I'm just anchored right into this is Christmas. This is, you know, it's calm. It's, it's peaceful, happy, 
His voice, I mean, obviously legendary, you know, yeah. wonderful tones. Um, and I, I have enjoyed for a number of years, Jen and I tend to watch the White Christmas movie, you know, uh, every year. We actually didn't this year, uh, strangely enough. I think she did without me. Yeah. But uh, but that one, you know, again, just set, sets the mood. Nice. Very nice. I like it. Um, so my number two, it's, we kind of go off the rails a little bit. Um, <laughs> more showing the love of the 80s and when I was growing up and when this hit. Uh, my number two is Last Christmas by Wham. Oh, yeah. That's classic. I don't know why exactly. I was always, I wasn't a fan of Wham <laughs> when Wham was together. Ended up being a big George Michaels fan. Yeah. Um, I think that Faith album is just unbelievably uh, it, underrated. Front to back yeah. is almost perfect. It's just, yeah. It's just a tour de force, song after mm -hmm. song after song. Um, he's one of those guys that I found after, two, like, I was never a huge Prince fan the first time around. Right. I was still more into your hair bands and yeah. things like that. And you kind of discovered, look at those listening to Purple Rain. And then you go and play it yeah. once and like, oh my God. He's way better than any of the people I was listening to. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my like bubbly, happy. Yeah. It's a and great, it's not really great happy song. song. Yeah. Yeah. It's about breakups and. It's an geez. amazing Christmas song. Yeah. She, he is dumping him. But yeah, that's. <laughs> so there you yeah. go. A little bit of wham. I my like number my number two is also Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> there you go. Um, wham. Um, I'm the one who always takes a shit, but you two are the, uh, <laughs> the wham Wham, choosing I, losers. I actually didn't. Hey, we didn't were touching Wham Vision Quest on the last one, right? Come on. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> it's true. Um, you didn't go one, no I, crazy for you. Yes. <laughs> this one, uh, this one's been covered a couple of times too. Like one of the Disney kids, Ashley Tisdale, did it and actually came up pretty good too. Um, you know, I, I think he used to watch High School Musical, so we had that. She's not. Version she's of it. not in rehab yet. No, uh, she Tisdale actually, would have been gone by now. <laughs> no, she's hosting that new Fox show, that Mass Dancer thing or whatever. She did the run on Santa Anarchy and everything like that. So, but yeah, but it's just, it's, um, it was that. So to me, last Christmas was the Christmas song until Mariah Carey came around and knocked it off the pedestal pretty much. So it was like the pop Fair. culture Christmas song. So nice. it's just great song. So it's basically just yep. never want to dance again, just with Christmas bells. And it's like, it's almost, to say, to me, it's almost the exact same song. It yeah. just kind of like carries, you could put them together. It's like. I'm of, not going to be able to get those horns out of my head. Damn you! It's a major, it's a major key version. It's it's nice. Damn. Guilty. So, <laughs> so, so my number one is uh, a bit more sappy and personal for me. It's a specific version. Um, it's the song "Silent Night," uh, though I think technically the the title is in German on the album "Stille Nacht." I don't think I don't know if it's pronounced exactly like that, but Mannheim Steamroller is a. Uh, is a weird kind of one man band uh, that uh, I only found because I used some of their music to score, you know, animal shows when I used to work at Marine World way, way back, you know, back in the 80s. And they put out a Christmas album in 1984, or he did, a guy named Chip Davis. Lots of synthesizers, digital production, really interesting instrumentation. So it was a technical thing as well as a musical thing for me. But this particular album, highly recommended. You've definitely heard oh, yeah. Mannheim Steamroller Christmas music. Um, but the last track on that album is just a particularly beautiful, evocative, instrumental version of Silent Night. And I have a specific memory of um, during during college, 
there were um, uh, the the school had a break between like uh, mid December and mid January. It's called Independent Activities Period, where most people went home for four six weeks. You know, saw their family for holidays, things like that. But one particular year, I did not, and me and uh, one other fraternity brother in the freezing cold, you know, Boston brownstone. Um, he lived up in Vermont for some reason was hanging out and, and we were just going through a lot of stress and crap. And, you know, one stupid night we're, you know, hanging out, feeling sorry for ourselves, put this album on and this song came on and I look up and he's freaking tearing up, feeling homesick. And I, I was too, like, it's just really, you know, it captures a different part of my Christmas memory from, from youth, a time period where I really appreciated being with family and wasn't, and that song kind of anchors that. Um, so it's kind of sad, but it's also like, it's, it's just this forever, you know, when I hear that it's a forever memory that reminds me to appreciate actually being with people, you know, which kind of comes to mind right now, you know, honestly. You actually just made me think of something I probably should have put on the list. So apologies to my wife when she listens to this, <laughs> um, but it made it nowhere near. Um, we actually used, interestingly enough, we got married on December 30th. Ah. So we actually used a Christmas song as the entrance music to our reception. And Last we used Trans-Siberian. No, that would have been amazing. <laughs> should have. No, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Nice. Um, I believe it's Christmas Eve slash in Sarajevo or something. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't think about Sarajevo. that one. And yeah. I didn't either until Sean started talking about the instrumental. It kind of yeah. Yeah. slipped my mind. But that was that's one of those I've never actually gone and seen them. I know they've come around and tour, but that's always been like a staple of Christmas. Yeah. First time that's you awesome get to hear show. that. That's such yeah. a good show. Yep. Um nice. So well, that actual- wasn't actually my number one. Um <laughs> My actual number one, and this was the easiest, this got written down before I started working on any of the other. Anything else, yeah. Um, It is the first Christmas song you hear in the greatest Christmas movie ever created, Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC off the Die Hard soundtrack. (laughs) I knew that's what you were going to. It melded two things I love together. I love that movie more than anything. Of course. Um, And- for the first time, it was a band that I actually enjoyed listening to. Right. Outside of any of the other stuff. The Wham stuff, that kind of came after the fact, right? Yeah. They were part of pop culture, the musical scene, and then you found them through other things. Um, but when it came to that song, I was a big Run DMC fan growing up, had all the albums. For them to throw out a Christmas song just absolutely delighted me. If you Harley probably knew the lyrics to that song before she knew Frosty, just because she heard it so much. Like, I was the kid on Record Store Day, I think it was last year, that ran out to buy the picture disc of Christmas and Hollis, nice. the single, so I could have it on vinyl. You know, I remember that was on the uh, the first ever A Very Special Christmas CD album. It was. They did all the, you know, Bon Jovi did the run with Rudolph and all that, and yeah. And that was like, track. I think it was track number one. I think it was like right off the bat. They had the video for yeah, it and everything. It was, yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Nice. All right. So with my number one, I was also the first thing I wrote down once we said songs. And uh, 
uh, to me, the best Christmas song ever created is a uh, Swiss Colony Beef Log by Eric Cartman. Um, <laughs> it's I off the don't uh, know this. yeah, it's off the you Mr. Hankey's oh, Coming to Town Christmas CD. Uh, it's a touching story about a a kid at Christmas who realizes that the neighbors had moved away. They got different neighbors, so the they're not bringing over the same stuff for Christmas they've had every year. Um, and it starts, it's nice and sweet and quiet. And then it just goes like mm-hmm. full, like, you know, metal mode when uh, grandma basically wraps a summer sausage and puts it under the tree. So the fat kid gets his fucking summer sausage on Christmas. It fits Eve. in very well with, you know, your dinner party. So what's Pretty the much, name yeah. of it? What, Swiss, Col- Swiss, Swiss Colony, Colony Beef Log. Beef Log? Beef Log, yes. yes. Swiss it Colony a, is, oh. it's like a Hillshire Farms catalog. Yeah. Or like yeah. 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 So the Swiss Colony beef log is basically just a giant summer sausage, a massive summer sausage. It, um, that song was a staple on my Christmas mixtapes for years. Just, it was always there. And not only is it like hilarious and obviously Cartman, my favorite character, um, but it's actually a pretty good song. Like the, like musically it's, 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 it's snappy. It's got the snap to it. So, um, I like it. Yeah, and like I said, you know, I just I love the South Park, like that South Park Christmas CD. Like you know, Chris uses the term was a tour de mm-hmm. force. What an amazing, amazing! Like, considering that, like, I think there is there's Old Holy Nights, uh, sung by Cartman. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Hark the Herald Angel sings by all the kids, and it's so out of tune. There's like just kids yeah. screaming over each other, and and then he had the um the bells one with Mister Mackey. Yeah, the the Carol the bells. It was just Merry fucking gag. Christmas. Yeah. Ding dong. Guy. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Merry fucking Christmas. Uh, oh, Tannenbaum, which is yep. <laughs> Hitler and Satan and like Michael got, Landon in hell singing a song about Christmas. Have, yeah. You have, you have Christmas time in hell. Yep. <laughs> That's a good one. John F. Kennedy Jr. And everyone's in it. It's fucking it's <sighs> blockers. Anytime you can bring song. Hitler into Christmas. I mean, come on. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's <clears throat> Hitler and Satan singing a song about Christmas trees. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's, it kind of goes. I forgot about the Dreadle song theme. too. Yep. Yeah, yep. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the South Park version of the Daryl song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Swiss Colony Beef Log. Fucking the, <laughs> See, the Christmas song. I think we just figured out what was wrong with this Christmas. I never went back and watched The Spirit of Christmas to start the season this year. Oh, you did? That's usually the go to that I go and watch that. I it's watched been sitting uh, on my hard drive from computer to computer to computer. No, I think I ended up. I didn't watch. Ago. So there's there's a ton of Christmas specials for South Park. I think I ended up watching um, the uh, Forest Critter Christmases Blood Orgy was the Christmas one I watched mm. this year. And to think that that entire series started from a you know, animated Christmas card to George Clooney of all people. I know, <laughs> insane. So okay, so Sean had what to be now. You. White Christmas by Bing Crosby and Silent Night by Mannheim Steamroller. Mm. Uh, Chris had the David Bowie and Bing Crosby version of Little Drummer Boy, uh, Last Christmas by Wham. Wham. And uh, Christmas Time in Hollis by Run DMC. And I had All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. I'm so sorry. Uh, Last mm. Christmas also by Wham. And uh, Swiss Colony Beef Log by Eric Cartman. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Excellent. So, so good. Uh, uh, Happy holidays, gentlemen. Happy holidays, guys. Happy holidays. We made it. The year's almost over. So, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, we will be doing a New Year's episode. Yep. Uh, going to do it. Sean prepares. Yeah. Going to do it a little <laughs> different this year. It's going to be a. Uh, it, it's going to and it's going to come out right after this one. So it's going to be a little different. So we're going to try to mix up a bit and see if this is something we can start doing every year to kind of mix up the normal uh, end of year stuff. So. <laughs> So thank you everyone for listening. Hope everyone had a nice, uh, quiet 
Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate during all this madness and bullshit, but yes, we made it. We made it. That's all that matters. <laughs> Thanks for spending it with us. Yes. Have a good night, everybody. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.